Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT and I'm here with my partner in crime, Joey. What's up, fam? Mate, have we got a topic today? Booze is bad for BJJ. Is that a question or a statement? Well, it could be a question, could be a statement, depends on how you want to frame it. Yeah, because let's see how we go with this one, restaurants. Let's talk about it, mate, because, you know, drinking, we... Culturally, we're Australian. JT's a big drinker. Drinker, <laughs> was. Arkin loves a frosty. Drinking, you know, it's part of the culture. People do it. It's a social thing, right? We say part of the Aussie culture. So yeah, Australian. Yeah, it's yeah, in, we, in we Australia. Fucking drink. God, the worst boozers, uh, binge drinkers. Australia's are the worst binge drinkers in the world. England, and I think Japan rival us on volume, but for the whole work hard, play hard. Australians are really good at not drinking during the week. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just writing it off. Yeah. And that's particularly unhealthy. Now, the reason why this came up, we had a question. Here's a question that came through on the YouTube, and this was on our previous episode. Uh, what episode was this? Where we were talking about weed and yep. jiu-jitsu. Yes, sir. Got a lot of uh, – I think we triggered a lot of folks on that one. <laughs> yes. Right? And uh, sorry, guys, if you got triggered, but maybe just have another puff and you'll chill the fuck out. <laughs> no, it was um, – <laughs> I'm with you guys. I'm right there. I, I told you all. I, I don't mind a little, a little vape every now and again. Oh, straight the fuck and, up. All uh, right, come on now. So anyway, we had a comment was, uh, I really appreciate this conversation, guys. Really helpful and honest. Can you do another one about alcohol and weekend warriors? Um, unless you've already done one. I didn't know about it, which we haven't. Um, I know that marijuana is more directly tied to some part of jiu-jitsu culture, but I'd be curious to hear your opinions, experience, slash lifestyle with it, with alcohol. From the perspective of physio, research, lifestyle, philosophy, BJJ athletes, plus years of experience, <laughs> I think it'd be really helpful. So basically, he's given us license to just talk about it, whatever anything, light, you know, we want. Yeah. Yep. Booze, let's go there. What's your, uh, I know you got some thoughts, some strong thoughts, JT. I do have some strong thoughts, but this is formed over time. So I think it depends on what culture you're coming from, how you were brought up, like how you were raised with your relationship with alcohol is pretty important. So for example, my partner... Uh, grew up in Poland, drinking is a big part of the culture. It's just regular. It's not, it, it's not go write yourself off, even though, you know, the, you know, Polish people can go pretty hard. It's the regularity thing, like have a couple of glasses of wine with dinner. That's really common. I wasn't really raised that way. I just got into drinking pretty young, just being a miscreant, being a, 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 a problem child at age 13, 14, and just, yeah, uh, it wasn't my parents' influence. It was just me rebelling and that set the tone for bad behaviour through teen years. But then over time hit a point where I was like, you know what, this isn't helping me. And then I have a cool story about what brought me back. <laughs> so I have the story that took me to quitting and not drinking and then I have the story of what kind of made me break my sobriety of sorts. So what was the – tell me more about that teenage period where you were hitting the booze. What was – what did that look like? Mate, it was pretty – I mean, it started off, you know, just classic. Uh, there was a party and I was, I was in year seven but I was a big kid. So I was hanging out with the year 10 kids. So I'm like whatever, 13, hanging out with 15, 16-year-olds. And they're like, 
yeah, you're cool. You can come to our party, bring alcohol. And I was like, fuck, how do I get alcohol? Like, I had no idea. But I had this little thing in my brain bank where under our kind of L-shaped counter at home in the kitchen, I remember one time I was looking for flour and I put my hand around the corner looking for self-raising flour and I was like, tink, tink, tink. Making some cupcakes next really. I was like, <laughs> pancakes actually. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? And I was like, whoa, that's a bottle of rum. I think it was dad's stash. Right you know, like dad just had a bottle like hidden behind this little pocket. And I just logged that in my brain. For, and then I was like, oh, party. Tink, tink, tink. There it is. <laughs> Got that bottle, went to that party. You just fucking shifted the bottle. Oh. Not even concerned about like, man, what, no, that well, what are the repercussions? The yeah. Well, it occurred to me that maybe he shouldn't have had it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe that was the righteousness like, within you. I was like, well, it's like, doing no. the old man a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't confiscating it. I was just like, I don't know if mum's cool with him having it. So maybe if it goes missing, it won't come up. <laughs> like maybe he thinks mum's found it, you yeah. know? I uh, made that bastard disappear in one night and then you're going to be tasting that. <laughs> you know, it was, it was bad, you know. First Coming time, back up. Yeah, real bad. But it's crazy that it didn't put me off. It just kind of set the tone that like to be cool, you had to drink. Yep. And so I was like, I want to be cool, therefore I'm going to drink. And then it wasn't long after that couple of years I got into graffiti and then like all the graffiti writers are degenerate so everyone would like drink. And then go and do graffiti. Yeah. So I was still doing sport. I was still doing school, but I was also being... You were Taekwondo at this stage? I was Taekwondo. I was doing basketball. I was doing soccer. I was doing everything. But uh, I was also being a degenerate um, as often as I could be. I was just pushing it as hard as I could yep. and not getting kicked out of school. So, yeah, man, I think it got pretty bad around 16, 17. That's when I was just making excuses to drink all of the time. Like, you know, my parents weren't aware... I uh, became pretty deceptive. I'd just go, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with a friend. Yeah, we're going to play basketball and then we'd be drinking, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it, it, it's weird because I, I somehow had rationalized it in my head like I'm fit so it's okay. Like I'm training all the time. It's it's fine. I can drink. I can train. Like it's and not – I don't remember a lot of – downsides to boozing when you're young because you're just fucking young. You can just you don't really notice much. Do anything, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, man, I just found myself drinking too regular. Like I just hit a point when I was thinking I was 18, I was like trying to drink. Not trying to, but I was kind of drinking like most days because I had somehow put it in my head that I slept better when I had like a nightcap or a drink. Like it, But that's not true. Chemically, it's not even real. But I'd convinced myself. And this isn't you like in the lounge room. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, bro. This is like stash. Yeah, this is like super secret. Like, don't don't tell mom, don't tell dad. Like, yeah, yeah, really unhealthy behavior. And then I just hit a point. I just went too hard uh, physically and mentally. And then I had a bit of a meltdown, like, like just like health just bottomed out. Yeah. Uh, the body's like, nah, you got to stop doing this. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Just because I, I, I cared about being healthy and fit more than I cared about kind of being cool. So then it was like, all right, what have I got to do to – and I just – I pretty much stopped drinking when I was 19 for five years. That's the day that JT became a jock. <laughs> no. This is, what I up, was, Chad? Giga <laughs> <laughs> Chad. My chin got so much bigger. Fuck. <laughs> Creatine and protein only. Uh, it was crazy, man. Like it's, you know, you're all good till you're not. And we say that about injuries. Mm-hmm. And I think drinking is really culturally acceptable. But everything that I've kind of researched since has shown that it, it weakens you. 
Like it's just as much as you can enjoy it and, you know, there was that study saying, oh, a glass of wine a day is great. But it's like it doesn't matter what you say. It's a toxin. It weakens you. Like it, it, it's your, your body has to process it. Yeah. So if your body's dealing with all this other shit from training really hard, yeah. if you want to put some liquid inflammation in you, have a good time. <laughs> Get that buzz. Um, yeah, so I've now hit the point where I'm like only a special occasion, really. You're not a beer guy, are you? Nah, I'm a more of a spirits. I like whiskey. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that's where I'm at. Like it's taken me. a little hit of dad's rum every now and again. <laughs> Tastes so sweet, that free rum. <laughs> Tastes no. prohibited. No, he gets, he gets upset now if I try and take his rum. He'll get me a whiskey and he's like, that's yours. This is mine. You know what I mean? Like don't play with mine, all right? Yeah. Don't touch mine. But uh, no, I think it's strange in, to go through that whole process of still being – healthy, active, working, training as hard as I physically could, but also having those unhealthy behaviors, getting away with it, being a teenager and then getting into adulthood and being like, nah, I can't, you can't, can't run it that way. Yeah. How about yourself, man? Because you're, you're a very well balanced human in the sense that you don't like to go too hard on anything. You like to keep a nice, healthy everything. That's that's my take on you. Yeah, I appreciate that, whether, whether that's a compliment or not. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I suppose I am. wasn't always that way. Booze for me was, you know, same kind of cultural shit as a teenager. It's like, oh, we're getting beers, you know. And I remember when we used to, you know, we'd go to a party or something and be like, we're getting beers. And I'm like, beer just tasted horrible. Yeah, like, I'm drinking those yeah, beers. Get them I remember in. We'd, yeah, get me, get me two long necks and you'd <laughs> start and be like, man, there's so much beer in this long neck. <laughs> oh, God. For the, Gets warm for at the, the American listeners, that's like a, it's a 40, 40 ounce. Yeah, yeah, it's like a big beer for a kid. So you're like, oh, how good's the beer? Ooh. Cheers. And you're like, oh. And, you know, yeah, you end up vomiting, drinking too much. Stuff. So that, you know, the yeah, the alcohol culture that same that, that I came through as a teenager wasn't – I didn't have the midweek thing going on, but I would binge on weekends and it would be like drink so much you vomit and then that's just kind of the thing. Yeah. So you didn't really understand control. Mm. Um, there was always a little bit of booze. You know, my, my parents have always been drinkers but quite moderate, one mm. or two glasses of wine a night kind of thing. And they were, you know, they were more or less positive influences in that realm. Mm. They were like, you know, as a kid you ask about it and I remember at a point dad's like, yeah, you can go on, you can have a little sip but that's all and, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, yeah, it's not a good thing for you to be drinking. So I kind of had a respect for it. Sure. But still when I was out with my mates it was like, let's get fucked up and yeah. blow chunks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when I think about – so I never went – I never had a period of sobriety. It's just always been like, you know, let's keep drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I think about the early days of jiu-jitsu and alcohol, it didn't matter. Like in my 20s, it was that same thing where it's just like, yeah, go out on the weekend, get fucked up, yeah, whatever, drink the night before, show up, train the next day. Yeah, you feel a bit dusty but after your first round you're solid. Yeah. Um, so it was never really a concern for me. I would say that it only became one once I sort of got to my mid to late 30s. Yes. Then it's, it's in these last few years where I've started to notice the negative effects of alcohol. Right. On recovery, on sleep, on sleep quality. Of course. <clears throat> and, uh, and now it's, it's a multi-day thing. Yeah. Right? You feel it. That's right. You don't, it's no longer just a dusty morning and then have a swim and you're good. No. It's like, no, you kind of shit for a few days. Yeah. Training takes a dip. Your mood takes a dip. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to cut to that point right now. But, yeah, these days it's, there's a lot more sort of serious ramifications for having a few drinks. Definitely. And I, I guess where 
it's coming from here. If you're listening to this, is in Australia being able to booze is a badge of honor. Yeah, like if you could, oh that guy can drink a whole slab. What? Yeah, he had twenty four beers, twenty four beers, and a fifty pack of durries. <laughs> Didn't even it's go like, to the toilet once. <laughs> you're just like, why is this? Why is this good? It's just strange that it's so funny that culturally humans have lost our rites of passage as a man, as a woman, you know, evolving as an adult. But man, could that guy fucking put it away? Well, this like, is why we're thankful for someone like Liver King stepping on the scene to show us these <laughs> rites of passage. Right? <laughs> liver boy. Yeah. Liver boy. Subprimal. <laughs> <laughs> the thing which blew my no, mind. No, that's right. We're looking, everyone's looking for some kind of tribal initiation. Sure. How do I show my peers that I'm cool and worthy? Yes. Watch me fucking neck this long neck, brah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, yeah, it's not a good way to go about it. And the, the, the thing that changed my mind was learning about this idea of like, testosterone estrogen that certain things that you did made you estrogenic or like affected your testosterone in certain ways and i was always under the impression like more testosterone better more estrogen bad this is not true you know it's a scale you need a bit of both depending on who you are and what you're trying to do but as soon as i really got solidly across trying to make myself as healthy and as fit as possible because i wanted to make the olympics for taekwondo i was like no alcohol i'm just gonna say no and I made it that my badge of honor that I was so staunch. Didn't matter who I hung out with, I'm not drinking. You try and make me drink, I'll fight you. Like, no, <laughs> no drinking. Like, I'm fucking staunch. I'm straight edge, no drinking. And I kept that for like five years. And as to whether or not, it definitely did not make me a cooler person. <laughs> but during that, the, the term straight edge, did you, did you, um, yeah, I was did just- the idea of straight edge, which is a thing, did that, resonate with you at that time yeah a bit because yeah. that became a thing from the punk rock scene yes or from the hardcore scene shout out big mick big mick wilson who is not openly but definitely is straight edge and also my guy uh, matt carmichael okay but so did they so because the straight edge hardcore thing is scene. cool it's its own scene and it's it like is. we don't fucking drink but it's not we cool look- in a lot of ways because if you're hardcore straight edge you'll like You'll fight people well, you, for drinking. Yeah, you bruise up. Right. Right. You'll like, you're staunchly against other people drinking and smoking. Uh, and like it, actively against it. It's pretty brutal. It really, and, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was the original idea of the straight edge thing. No, I'm but pretty I, sure it was just about like respecting your own body. Yeah, but it's, it's like evangelistic. Right. It can be. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, okay, I just shout, yeah. shout out to Big Mick. He's not, he's very quiet. He doesn't let you know, but he is for sure straight edge. Yeah. But it's just interesting because where previously, before straight edge existed, it was like, oh, I'm not drinking. You're like, you're a dork. But then all of a sudden it's like straight edge. People are like, oh, damn, that guy's straight edge. I'm hardcore. It's a thing now. Yeah. yeah which is kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I was going to say, I was probably more of a jerk in those five years <laughs> because I was Chad. like, you drinking? <laughs> Fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get estrogenic? Want to see how many push-ups I can do? Bro, you want to get estrogenic? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? He wants to do some squats around here anyway. Bro, you need some soy in your life. <laughs> no, I was like, you know. So, but here's the thing. We, we, we have this thing uh, in jiu-jitsu that we want to fit in. So if your gym, because this is the interesting thing, the gym I started at on Friday night after really hard comp training, they'd go out for food but also drinks because Peter Demean was like St Kilda and Big Mouth was this bar that was just on the corner and some Friday nights people would go out for drinks after training and I was like, oh, I don't really drink. Like I'll go along, I'll have a Diet Coke but I'm not really – 
I'm smashed. We just did two hours of brutality. I don't want to drink alcohol. Yeah. But it was funny because it was there was a little bit. It's kind of like football. Like in in Australia, we you know we have a rugby league. You know, the guys would have brutal head trauma from football running into each other and tackling each other, and then booze up ultra hard. That's right. Which is just <laughs> how to inflame your brain. Perfect combination. More, yeah. <laughs> Concussions and alcohol. Cool it down with a nice cold beer. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got it now. <laughs> so that's the thing. It blew me away that there were all these guys putting their body through the ringer and then going out for drinks afterwards. Yeah. And it was camaraderie, right? It was we're all in this together. We all kind of fucked each other up doing jiu-jitsu and now let's just fuck it up and have some drinks. Kind of clean the week off, blow off some steam all these other phrases that you hear, I just couldn't vibe with it because I'm like, man, I just want to drink some water and go home and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm wrecked. I don't want to go drinking. But some people do it, right, and you, you see it. It's interesting. I, I've always been the same in that I don't, I don't feel like drinking alcohol straight after like a hard like work, piece of work. Like no. if it's been a, a day of work, yeah, great. That's when I feel like it. Like on the tools or whatever. Cold beer. But yeah, but if I've just trained and done that good thing for my body, or I remember when I used to play a lot of soccer, yeah, uh, it would be like, hey, we'd like play a really physical 90 minutes kind of at the park. Or, or we, when I played club soccer, we'd do the game, yep. sometimes two games, and then it would be straight on the tins after. Right. And I was always like, that doesn't make sense to me because, yeah, right. like, yeah, you want to kind of get water rest. I'll go out and get fucked up later that night, but not <laughs> right, not right away. That that didn't that wasn't my thing. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's a huge cultural thing, right? It's almost like I, you can understand it for for those who look at it as like, well, I want to, I like to drink and I like to train, so the training is me doing the good thing, and that buys me the the, the right, the justifier. Yeah, that's right. It, right. it you know allows me to go and booze. I believe, you know, there is also, I believe there was, I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of studies done on this, but there was a study done that showed um, beer specifically after high-intensity output. I mean, it's a huge amount of carbohydrate, right? Sure. So it actually replenishes muscle glycogen extremely effectively. Of course, there's the downside that you're also consuming alcohol, which is a toxin. The inflammation and yeah, right. all that. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe there's a, there's a case for that somewhere so in Germany. You sit. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do is you sit in the bath full of ice with the beers around you, yeah. doing the ice bath while you pump a right. few tins. <laughs> Shotgun. Like, <laughs> um, uh, Wim Hof me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, I'm not going to take a breath for five minutes. Check me out. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, so yeah, so it kind of gets. I find for older blokes, yes, and I shouldn't say blokes, but older folks, it gets kind of linked to yeah, I do a bit of sport, and then we get to booze up. Yeah, you know, I don't look. Don't get me wrong, and I don't 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 take me as sexist on this one, ladies. I haven't seen large groups of women getting boozed after sporting events. I'm not saying it's culturally that's not as much of a thing. I'm not it? saying it, it doesn't happen. They go get fucked up for other things. Sure. Yeah. But I'm saying like maybe it's just my limited experience, but it's like I don't often see a big group of women just getting hammered after having done a bunch of hard physical activity. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's yeah. It's it seems like that's a really testosterone fueled like me man, me action, me drink, do it's kind of dumb and it, for me what I've learned about all these things we do to help our body repair and you know we do all these good things but then it's just like oh yeah but you've got to have a drink and it's this social pressure I, I feel that we were talking about we had this chat um, earlier today about uniforms and fitting in 
people want to belong and that's understandable. Um, and I, I totally get that. The difficult thing is when maybe the culture of your gym is not healthy. You know what I mean? Like people are like – And you're trying to fit into it. You just want it because you want to belong. You want to be like these badass people that you're around. You're like, oh, I wish I had those cool skills. Oh, I wish I was as tough as that guy. But just because they're good at the art or good at the sport doesn't mean they're good at life choices. Yeah. Like we see some great, great athletes and great, great martial artists just falling off the precipice because of the behaviours outside of their practice, right? Yeah. And I, I think this is kind of more like a cautionary tale that like that need to fit in or that need to belong can steer people maybe slightly askew into some behaviours that might not be helping their jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think the drinking thing like, you know, to kind of where, where I see it now is like I like a drink. Sure. I'm a big fan. Um, but I know that it, I always pay a price for it. Yep. And I pay a price for having, for having one beer. Yeah. Like I, on Friday, you know, I don't drink during the week and then on Friday night I'll usually have one beer with dinner. Yeah. And I'll always feel like a bit tired and aggravated afterwards. Yeah. And I'll have a kind of shittier sleep. Yeah. And the next day I'll be like, oh, I had a shittier sleep last night because yeah. of that fucking beer. Who knows if it's psychosomatic or no, whatever. No, no, right? no, it's but, true. So no, hang on. Let's just dig into that for a second. Um, when you have alcohol, the whole idea of a nightcap is bullshit. Don't take my word for it. Uh, you can read. Um, Check out your man Huberman. Yeah, Huberman will let you know. It's the activity in your liver. So when your liver, because it generates a lot of heat for you to create the enzymes, your liver is like this factory that pumps out the enzymes to be able to deal with all the food you digest. So when you eat protein, that elevates your internal temperature because it's the hardest thing to digest. You've got to produce a gang of enzymes from the liver to then break that down. For you to process, alcohol gets processed first. Like the three things that get absorbed in your stomach are water, alcohol, and sugar. So it's the first thing that goes into your bloodstream, right? So here's a story from my old Russian coach. What they used to do is get an ounce of pig lard and melt it and shot that before they'd go drinking because it would line their stomach, which would slow the absorption of the vodka. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a fucking tip from the top. Pro. The Russians, no. Yeah. Far out. So <laughs> sounds like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> so what that means is the alcohol is in your bloodstream. The body's like, yo, we've got to filter this. It gets primary to the liver. Like it goes to the liver first. So then the liver's like, shit, I've got to deal with this. That actually generates a whole bunch of internal temperature. For you to sleep quite well, depending on the human, you have to lower your body temperature. Mm-hmm. Alcohol doesn't provide that internal environment. Ah, okay, interesting point. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, and that's a big cue for the circadian rhythm, is it? That that drop in temperature. Body temperature. After the sun's gone down is usually what initiates your sleep route, like you falling asleep. Yeah. And so also booze actually kind of does the opposite. Opposite. You, yeah, which is why you do – like if you've had a night, we've had a few drinks. Yes. I tend to always wake up a few hours after going to bed. Yep. And like you're like, fuck, why am I awake? Like yeah. I, I was drunk before. Like three hours ago, I should just be asleep. Yeah, and also it blocks antidiuretic hormone, which is what caffeine does too. You might notice if you're having a few beers or whatever, a few flutes of Chardonnay, um, you, you tend to pee a lot. Yep. You're like, oh, it's the booze. That's not the booze going through you. Literally the alcohol is blocked antidiuretic hormone, so your kidneys are just like, okay, all this water can go to the bladder. Okay. It's not getting the message for you to retain that water in your bloodstream. Wow, okay. That so makes that's, sense. So it, that's why you Because it happens lot. quickly. Like surely I haven't just processed all that no, beer. This beer is just coming. water's <laughs> exiting. In here? Out there. Yeah. Oh, my metabolism is so firing. Nah, it's, it's a problem because then you're dehydrated and that's where, you know, you get some pretty bad headaches as well. 
So where do you feel like – like so that's obviously like downsides. In, in your opinion, is there a place where alcohol can exist for, for someone on, on a regular basis? Um, I think it depends on the human uh, in terms of being able to relax. But the, the upside on being able to relax is you feel happy. Your ability to be able to get yourself right or feel happy is important. So if that's one drink, then that's, that's okay because most people find it hard to access how to feel good. For me, I'm a pretty happy drunk. I get like I get drunk and I get silly, and I'm just laughing and being stupid and messing around and probably thinking I'm funnier than I already am. But no, no, it's it's. But I do find the next day I'm grumpy if I drink. So there is, I do feel that cost. I think the 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 difference for me is that I'm just I'm pretty uninhibited. I'll say what the fuck I'm thinking straight up. I don't need it alcohol to, you know, I don't need that bravery. If anything, it makes me. <laughs> Too, too bold. Yeah. But I, I think if you're someone who struggles, like you feel like a bit inward or you don't, you don't, you feel like you might, the problem is the dependency bit where you're like, oh, I got to get a few drinks in me to get this flowing. And it's like, well, one beer is good. Maybe three beers is better. Mm, no. I always played my best pool after two beers. Well, there, the sweet spot. Three beers too much. One <laughs> beer not enough. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, uh, and I'm being very diplomatic. I mean, this is me at my diplomatic best. It is. I, I believe – We let him eat a sandwich before the show today, <laughs> so he's feeling happy. I'm vibed. No, I think it's one of those things is that alcohol, it doesn't matter what country in the world you're from, you're in and around alcohol. I've hit a point where – Unless you're in Qatar. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> they, they just banned it for the World Cup, right? Yeah. I think you can get it at hotels. But it's every behind the stadiums, doors. You stadiums. actually need a license. Wow, okay. You have to pay for cool. a license. <laughs> I'd be fucking devoted if you went over there to watch the games. <laughs> Sorry, we're not serving beer at these events. I came here for the beer. I came here for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, mate, I, I think that's my take on it. I, I feel like if you're – if you can have one or two beers and have a good time, happy days. But one of the biggest problems is that's not the case for most people. Does that make sense? Like yeah, I, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that you have to find the balance that suits you. For me, I've kind of settled on a balance whereby it's like one or two, maybe Friday, Saturday night, maybe occasionally like a, the odd glass of wine or something, yeah. whatever. And, and then occasionally it's like the gym Christmas party or yeah. something. We're getting fucked do up. Do it big. And I'm going to regret this for days. But, <laughs> but that's but – Yeah, you've got to do it sometimes. Yeah, and, it, and you know, the experience that you can have in that, in that – like during that night and all those things is, is kind of what's important out of that. So you're trading – the future for an exceptional time now. Yeah. yeah. But I think that it's really important to recognize that looking back in my sort of earlier years of jujitsu and even now, uh, oh no, looking back at the earlier years, I think I would have done better. I've touched on it before with sleep. I would have done better sleeping more yep. and, and just giving more awareness to like sleep hygiene and consistency and going out and drinking probably played a part in that. Yeah. Where it's like I remember I'd finished training and, you know, I'm living at Bondi and it, you come home and you got a text. It's like, hey, we're down at the pub. It's like $15 steak and yeah. we're having some beers. And then before you know it, you're like five beers deep. And yeah. you're like, I don't need to do that every Tuesday. No. You know? Not so, at all. So I think like depending on what your priorities are, it's important to recognize that while that sort of behavior is fucking awesome and it's fun. Yes. It does also detract from other things. Right. And so I think – you know, when I see grown men in that cycle where it's like kids, yeah. you know, late 30s, 40s and they're drinking, they're going to the pub yeah. in the week 
yeah. after work, afternoon shift at the pub. I'm like, yeah. you got to cut that out. Yeah, that, there's personally, I don't see any justification for that, that as you? a daily thing. How's that helping you? I mean, yeah. look, I look at it this way: alcohol's taught me a lot of things. Now, I pushed myself so hard, I crashed my immune system. I ended up getting, I got uh, glandular fever. I didn't realize it. Immune system bottomed out. Uh, and I had to stop everything. I had to move home, live on vegetable soup, <laughs> chicken soup for six months. Oh, wow. And rehab my whole immune system. I thought I broke myself, which kind of did. So then I was like, okay, no more of that. Didn't drink for five years. Now I'm going to give a shout out to a guy who's probably never going to hear this. His name is Ben Nicholson. He was Australian heavyweight champion. We went on a tour in 2006. Boxing. Uh, t- taekwondo. Taekwondo. He's from Adelaide originally. We went, him, myself, Caroline, another friend of ours, uh, we went as our own contingent. We weren't on the Australian team, but we went to fight internationally for Australia. Right. And we actually did the best out of everybody, (laughs) even though we weren't officially on the Australian team. Ben Nicholson had 16 vodkas the night before he fought the German Open. My man. Bruh. What a fucking legend. Bro. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, this is the lesson, guys. I used to be very... I'm kidding, perf- guys. I don't actually think he's a legend. No, he is, though. But, no, geez, but uh, that, that behavior was not legendary. Yeah. But in a way, it is. He, here's the thing. When people talk about Nate Diaz, yo, they smoke like ounce a day and they do fucking triathlons. It's like, dude, the Diaz brothers, they succeed in spite of their behavior. It's not because they smoke weed they do triathlons. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you know, Craig Alexander would be fucking pumping the bugs. <laughs> Who's Craig Alexander? <laughs> One of the greatest triathletes of all time. Okay, right. His on. nickname is Craig. Sorry, Bruce McAvaney. Continue. <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say there is oftentimes people succeed in spite of their behavior. So I hadn't had a drink for five years. We're in Germany, German Open, the night before, Ben does 16 vodkas and I'm like, dude, we have the, one of the biggest tournaments of the year tomorrow. He kicked the fuck out of the European champion, bashed him. Wow. And then I think beat the world number two. He might have lost the final or did he win? He might have won the German Open. I can't remember exactly. But I was like, bro, how are you doing this? He's like, man, it's about my skills. It's not about the alcohol. He's like, what do you – he's like, I could show up here drunk. I'm still going to win because <laughs> I have my skills. And I believe in myself. And I was like, whoa, that's massive. Like his that's psychology was so strong. He's like, I could be hungover and I'm still going to whip these pussies. Like that was his mentality. And I was like, wow, that's so staunch. The problem was like he had a very volatile relationship with the Australian team coach, Daniel Trenton. And so therefore he never got selected for the Olympics, even though he was our highest ranked oh, wow. athlete because they just used to fight all the time. You know, I got a mate with a similar story. He went, he went to Russia and did a powerlifting competition. Oh, my buddy Alan from Canberra, right? And uh, he told me this a long time ago, so I could be getting some details murky here. But he trained there for a period with this team. They entered this competition, and then the night before the competition, they all went out and drank a, bon- a bunch of vodka. Oh, and he's like, "What the fuck are we doing? Like, we just <laughs> been, we've been cam- we've been in camp for this thing." Yeah, and they're like, "The hard work is done. Tonight we celebrate, and then tomorrow we win." And it was Whoa. like, and he's like, um, I think he, you know, he partook and then he surprised himself by performing really well. Right. And the whole mentality was kind of similar in that, like, it's not, it's like, we've already kind of won and we've done the hard work. Yeah. So let's blow off some steam. Right. And then we go in with a clear, like we go Feeling in with relaxed. like a relaxed mind tomorrow. Yeah. 
you can see, like there is obviously a case for that. Yeah. You would say that if you did took 100 people and got 100 of them smashed before a big competition, the results wouldn't well. be so positive, right? No. It's an exceptional set of circumstances. Yeah. But it does kind of point to like, yeah, sometimes there's more to performance than simply your physiological readiness. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's mental stuff going on. And, and I mean for him, that was him, that was not – I, I was going to say about Ben Nicholson is that showed me to be less attached to things being perfect. Like got to have the right song in my ears. I have to have done my stretches five times in each. So, like it wasn't that. It was just show the fuck up. I'm here to bang. I'm here to win. Like just such a full on focused mindset that didn't care. All the other details don't matter. I'm here to win. And I really learned that from him. Which So when I came back from that trip, this is in 2007, um, first time in five years I – I had a drink, uh, one beer at a Mexican like joint. 16 vodkas, thanks. Bro, I was <laughs> some man. I was staggering. You like, know where the, which bar? Whoa. It was at Planet Cock. <laughs> <laughs> my man David Anus. <laughs> we were at the bar, bro. No, it was just like one of those things that I, it, it softened my approach because I was like, you know what? I've got to be, I've got to be less attached to this perfectionism piece and just be more open. But in truth... Once you learn what gets you right, whether that's two beers or no beers or, you know, you learning what works for you I think is the number one thing. My biggest issue with kind of alcohol consumption and BJJ is we often do things to fit in and I actually see some pretty dumb behavior of everyone just like the kind of the mob mentality like, oh, but everyone's doing it, you know, and so that's where I, I guess I look at it and I go – if you're training jiu-jitsu and, you know, your, your favorite instructor is like a really cool guy but suddenly he's having 20 beers on the weekend, you don't have to join that party to, you know, he's not or she – he or she is not great at jiu-jitsu because of that. That's just an aside. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, something that I found that was actually a really good strategy when I was in that awkward stage of I want to be with the group, I want to drink the drinks, but I'm, I don't want to get as smashed as everyone here, mm. was to do um, like one beer and one glass of water. Oh, yeah. And so it was like every second drink was a glass of water. Oh, yeah. And, it just, and it, what it meant then is you kind of fall out of the rhythm of the round. Yes. Because when it's rounds and you're with a bunch of people who drink. Yeah. Obligation. You're drinking at a rate faster than you're comfortable with. Yeah. So you're going to get smashed. So if it's like, no, no, I'm good. Like, yeah, let me, like, I'm, I'll buy my own. So you just drink your beer or whatever it is, drink your water. Yep. It just means that at the end of a night, instead of having like 10 drinks, you might have had five, which is actually a considerable yeah, reduction. It's, it's way better. Yeah. Or you do the, uh, the, the personal trainer, boring drink of choice, vodka soda with lime. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, not all too bad. Oh, but yeah. I personally like the vodka, ice, lime. Because oh. you get the melting of the ice, you know, it's a, if, if it's a decent vodka. The, the, the cheat on the, the soda is that you are – ingesting water well ingesting alcohol uh, yes, that's the course. idea that's how the do you do it but uh no guys i'm gonna say my stance is minimal to no alcohol i don't i can't there's no in my mind that nothing i've read and look if there was some research that showed that alcohol was performance enhancing you probably would have heard about it yeah. <laughs> you know there'd be more athletes pumping the alcohol but generally if you look at any athlete's demise it's because drugs and alcohol take over. It's very rare. You're like, and Michael Jordan. But yeah, Michael Jordan rose to prominence off the back of a bottle a day of vodka habit. No, that's not fucking what happened. Yeah, true. 
Anyway. Look, I'm, I'm more or less the same, but obviously probably seek a little bit. Of, if you are doing it, keep it enjoyable. Don't make it a daily habit. And as you get older, curb that shit in. 100. Yeah. Um, thanks. Appreciate that comment on the YouTube video. Thank you to the people who watch and subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate you guys and uh, we appreciate the comments. Little update for y'all. We've got our app. It's so fucking close. It'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks. We're just going through some final testing now. Um, once that's ready, we're going to let you know about it here on the show and you guys will be able to jump on and trial it. Like our new trial will basically be a whole free version. You can follow a whole bunch of different programs. And then if you want to access further cycles or further training cycles within those programs, you can subscribe. But there's heaps of free shit on there and we're excited to get put it into the hands of you guys. If you want to get on board with our program currently, go to bulletproofforbjj.com. Use the code BJJPODCAST. You'll get 20% off when you sign up. Nice. Boss, thank you guys. Peace. <laughs>